Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. They said lowering drug prices was a fight we couldn't win. The big drug companies have billions of dollars and an army of lobbyists. But AARP stood with our 38 million members and forced the drug companies to lower drug prices. It's a victory for all Americans. But Big Pharma won't give up, so neither will AARP. Join our fight at aarp.org slash fierce defender. That's aarp.org slash fierce defender. Here we go. It's that time again. Matt Connerton unleashed, and we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. And, of course, you can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, etc., etc. Today is Thursday, March 31, 2022. So welcome, uh, one and all. It is so nice to have you with me today. Uh, If you'd like to join me on the program, the number to call is 603-250-6007, That is our studio line here. Of course, you can also text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to Matt at mattconnerton.com. And, of course, you can always interact and opine in the Facebook live chat on the Matt Connerton Unleashed Facebook page where we uh, live stream the show. But the best thing to do, of course, so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. I do want to remind you, we are proudly sponsored by the Hopknot on Elm in the Brady Sullivan right across the street at 1000 Elm Street. They've got those delicious gourmet pretzels and the assortment of craft beers. And today is Thursday, which means tonight is trivia night hosted by the great Bill Cini at the Hopknot. Of course, he also does trivia on the morning show on Wednesdays, but Thursday nights he's at the Hopknot, and that is a very popular feature there. So if you're going to participate in Trivia Night, and I recommend that you do because it's a lot of fun, uh, you'll want to call and reserve a table ahead of time because those tables do fill up quickly. So it is uh, it is very busy there on Thursdays, but it's a lot of fun. So uh, Trivia Night and, of course, uh, the delicious gourmet pretzels. Uh, Friday nights, they have live music. Saturday night this weekend, they've got another Gender Blender event. Saturday night at 10 p.m., also a very popular feature there. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll talk more about it as it gets closer, but uh, just a couple of months away now, uh, Juneteenth, this year's Juneteenth celebration. It's going to be a busy day around here, actually, because, uh, you know, Juneteenth and Pride and Father's Day all fall on the same day this year, apparently the same day in June. But uh, last year's Juneteenth was a very big deal, and this uh, year is going to be even bigger. So so we really look forward to that. So we love our sponsor, The Hop Knot. Also, too, coming on board, uh, just waiting for them to send me the ad and uh, something else uh, coming in the mail but uh, Pain Specialty Group is also coming on board as a sponsor, and you'll be hearing more about that in the coming weeks as well. So uh, we'll say hello to everybody in a moment in the Facebook live chat. And I also want to tell you, uh, coming up in the, um, I think, probably the last half hour of the show today, we will be joined in studio by the People's Mayor, Glenn R.J. Ouellette. And uh, Glenn is going to, uh, next Thursday... He'll be joining us, and he'll be bringing on uh, some folks uh, that he's been uh, talking with, some Ukrainians, um, who uh, I think they're actually appearing today on his uh, television program, but uh, he's going to bring them to uh, to my radio show next Thursday, and we really look forward to that, and, you know, we'll we'll discuss uh, the invasion and so forth. So he, he hasn't told me much about them uh, other than they're very impressive uh, people, so I look forward to meeting them. And talking with them, I think that's going to be really cool. Uh, one other thing, too, I want to remind you, uh, tomorrow, of course, is Friday, which means tomorrow we will have a very popular weekly segment on the show, Eric Pilcher's Classic Film Review. And I do see Eric in the Facebook live chat. And this week, the subject is the piano. So uh, that will be tomorrow on the program. He sent it to me today. He always uh, sends it to me on Thursday. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. I always listen to it ahead of time. So when you guys hear it, I've already heard it. But uh, uh, I look forward to listening to that. I'll, I'll uh, check that out after the show tonight. And uh, But Eric does a great job with those, and we get a lot of very, very positive feedback on that. Uh, let's say hello to everybody in the Facebook live chat, and then we have much to discuss, as always. Uh, plenty going on. Uh, Jenny, of course, is in the chat room, and Jenny says, Shalom, peeps. Also, Charles Richardson says, uh, greetings from South Carolina. Charles, of course, from the great state of Florida, but he is traveling. He is en route. He's going to come up, and he will actually be here with us in studio on Monday as we celebrate. And by the way, thank you to, uh, I heard Peter White mentioning it on the morning show this morning. Uh, Monday, April 4, will be my five-year anniversary of doing Matt Connerton Unleashed right here at WMNH 95.3. Five years, I'll tell you, gone in the blink of an eye. I'm not kidding. Uh, it, it really did. It, it's it's remarkable how quickly the time goes. But um, Charles will be up. Charles, of course, uh, you know, we uh, speak with him on a regular basis. And Jenny is actually the primary co-host on his program, The Charles Richardson Show, but uh, which is on a, a brief uh, hiatus as Charles is traveling with his wife, Alyssa. And uh, they're, uh, I think they've got family in Massachusetts. So they're on a road trip. And, uh, hey, why not? It's not like gas is expensive. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I mean, it's great that they can afford to, to do it, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're going to finally get to meet them in person on Monday. And they will be here for the five-year anniversary show. So really looking forward to that. And, uh, in fact, Charles posted a video earlier of his uh, – of their travels. So uh, welcome to uh, Charles in the chat room. 
Dirk Don is in the chat. Dirk, of course, from the great state of Iowa. And he's got a couple of great YouTube channels, Arrogant Media and Java Fog. I suggest you subscribe to those if you haven't done so already. A lot of great content there. Uh, Dirk says, LOL, this keeps happening when Matt plays certain copyrighted music. Yeah, it's true. Um, he's referring to, of course, when I have to restart the Facebook feed. That's been happening more lately. For a long time, it didn't happen at all. You know, because whenever there's an issue, I just appeal it. And usually the appeal is accepted right away through Facebook. And, you know, I just say, you know, we're a federal, federally licensed, F, uh, you know, FCC licensed uh, radio station. And and uh, we discuss politics and current events and all content is used for that purpose. And then they usually clear the song and the video is unblocked immediately. So it's not usually a problem, but uh, every once in a while it can be. And lately they've been cracking down. Um, most of the time I appeal right away if we play a, a song and, you know, I claim fair use. We're a radio station. It's a talk show. We're using the music because, you know, today I opened with Leningrad by Billy Joel and uh, for, you know, obvious reasons, of course, uh, Russia themed, uh, Billy Joel, actually, it was back in the eighties. He, um, when things opened up in Russia, I think he was the first American rock act to go over and play uh, a live show in Russia. And it was a very big deal at the time. But um, anyway, but yeah, uh, Facebook uh, blocked me on that one. So I had to restart the feed. Yeah, Facebook feed, no big deal. Um, let's see. Melanie La Liberty from the great state of Vermont joins us. Hello, Melanie. One of my favorite uh, commenters, as we were discussing today, when uh, Gonzo was here. Also, Rocky Huber joins us in the Facebook live chat. Hello, Rocky. Um, Eric Street joins us in the chat. Uh, Eric says, will Charles be on the morning show as well? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I don't know if Charles and Peter actually know each other. They might. I don't know if they've ever uh, interacted. Uh, let's see. Melanie says, you get a present for your anniversary, a nice pen maybe. Oh, maybe, uh, who knows? Uh, I mean, I'm not aware of anything planned, but uh, maybe the station will present me with a nice pen. That'd be great. I'm not picky. It could just be a, a $1 uh, Bic pen, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, just, but it'd be nice to have a pen. You know what I could do is I could just take one of the pens from here. We've got a bunch of pens here in the studio. Maybe I'll just take one home with me on Monday and I'll be like, oh, look, look, I got something for my five years. I got this uh, pen. <laughs> no, no. It's, you know, just the honor and the privilege to be able to do this um, is uh, is is uh, a present enough. You know, here's to another five years. You know, especially given uh, this is a little inside baseball. But, uh, you know, when, uh, I, I mean, not everyone's a fan of the show. Sometimes people complain about it, you know, and they, they try to, uh, they try to, to damage me, but uh but uh, that's okay. I, uh, I I know that uh, I am I am valued uh, in my role here, which is uh, a very nice uh, feeling. Uh, Charles says, uh, "No morning show and no Peter White love." Well, okay. Um, so Charles, so, so no, Charles will not be on the morning show. Wayne Noel joins us from the great state of Michigan and says, uh, "Afternoon, all. Hello, Wayne." Uh, let me give the number again, and then we'll get in, into some stuff. 603-250-6007 is the studio line here. 603-250-6007. Um, there continues to be, and it has been the dominant 
uh, topic on this program. If you're a regular listener, you know this. Um, of course, uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I think we're in week five of this uh, debacle at this point. Um, on the positive side, I mean, not that there's much positive to say about it. It's a, it's a terrible thing, but uh, Russia continues to be stymied. Uh, things continue to go uh, horribly for them. And the, uh, the, the, the dialogue continues to shift from one of how long can the Ukrainians hold out before Russia takes control? It continues to shift to, you know, the Russians are being driven back and, and driven out. Um, and I always say, you know, it, it is, uh, again, there's, there's not many silver linings in all of this, but, uh, there is something nice about watching evil fall on its face and fail as Vladimir Putin continues to do. And as the Russian military continues to do, and just today, there are stories about, uh, there's, there's more stories about mutinies, uh, Russian soldiers refusing to do their jobs, refusing to take orders, um, uh, actually turning on their commanders. Uh, Russian soldiers are, are starving. They're hungry because uh, supplies aren't getting to them. It's hard to get these supplies moving around. The logistics of it get uh, awfully difficult when you've got um, when you've got uh, your tanks uh, stuck in the mud, <laughs> literally stuck in the mud. Um, and, uh, today there is a, uh, a story about, um, Chernobyl. Now the Russians had taken over the former Chernobyl nuclear plant. Now, uh, those of you who are old enough might remember, and I'm old enough to remember that day. And I believe it was 1987 when the Chernobyl nuclear plant had a meltdown and, that is the term, meltdown, for what happened. Something went terribly wrong. And it is, it remains uh, to this day, the, uh, the world's uh, most severe nuclear disaster in terms of these nuclear power plants. And uh, what they ended up doing apparently was uh, where the reactor, or, or it may have been more than one reactor, I'm not sure. I forget all the details. But I just remember, I, but I do vividly recall that day getting home from school and, you know, I became interested in politics and news and history and current events. Uh, I became interested in all of that at a very young age. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a kid who came home from school and just, you know, watched cartoons or, or MTV, although I, I did do some of that, but, but I was also very interested in what was going on in the news. So I remember being glued to my television as the news was breaking, watching uh, Peter Jennings on ABC news uh, talking about the disaster at Chernobyl. And I remember being very worried you know, I was always worried about a nuclear war breaking out growing up uh, as a, a child of the uh, Cold War and, the, you know, growing up in the 80s. But I was also uh, suddenly very concerned. Oh, it was 1986. Thank you, Wayne. Wayne in the chat room says it was April 26, 1986. Yeah, so I was uh, I was pretty young when this happened, but I remember just being glued to the television because I was worried about I mean, I'm not I'm not saying I wasn't worried about people over there that, you know, that I wasn't worried about the Russian population and uh, and the Europeans. But, you know, of course, uh, as a kid, you know, you, you tend to you tend to look through things through the prism of, of just kind of seeing you know, being most concerned with what's going on in your own little world rather than looking outward. Right. So I was worried about 
what if that radiation gets here? You know, and there was some discussion about it in the news. Like, what does this mean? Because nothing on this scale had ever happened before. And there was worry about, are the winds going to blow some sort of giant super cloud of nuclear radiation all the way from uh, over there to here? And, uh, and, and, and it'll touch the North American continent and make us all sick. And, you know, what are the, uh, what are the long-term implications or short-term implications of this? So I remember being very worried about it and, and, and fascinated by the whole thing. Well, apparently what they wound up doing, and, that, and the cloud never came, or if it did, they never told us. But what they ended up doing apparently was they, um, they encased the reactors— or reactor. I don't. Again, I don't know if it was one or more than one, but um, that melted down. Uh, the reactor was encased in cement, in order to, you know, you you put concrete around it and you keep the radiation in, keep it in so it doesn't spread. And but there's a zone. I forget what they call it now. There's a specific name for it, but um, and then there's a zone around that area where people are not allowed to go. So. Uh, you know, obviously, presumably never again. <laughs> Certainly you can't grow food there and no one can live there. It's uninhabitable because, you know, the soil has been contaminated by radiation and so on and so forth. So it was very concerning <laughs> when the, uh, the Russians uh, decided in this current military misadventure, their invasion of Ukraine, when I guess somebody thought it would be a good idea to attack the Chernobyl nuclear plant or what was a Chernobyl nuclear plant, but it wasn't just Chernobyl. There was, I forget what city, there's a very large, I believe it's, it's either the largest nuclear plant in Ukraine or it might be the largest in all of Russia, but there's a very large active nuclear power plant. Again, I forget what city it's in and what the name of it is, that the Russians were attacking. and. But the, at the same time that they were doing that, they were also attacking the former uh, nuclear power plant uh, known as Chernobyl. And it's um, very interesting and, and frightening. But I suppose it is also sort of a microcosm of the larger dysfunction and incompetence of this military operation. Because rather than doing it sort of uh, tactically... And, you know, saying, okay, so we're going to take over this nuclear power plant, so we're going to surround it, and we're going to figure out how to take out, uh, maybe with snipers, take out whoever's running things in there, and we'll take it over. The, what the Russians do is they just start bombing and shelling the nuclear—they they literally begin attacking the nuclear power plant as a way of taking it over, which, of course, you know, what could possibly go wrong, right? Well, we'll, we'll come back to that. We have—I uh, believe it's EZG on the phone. Eric, is that you? Yeah, I'm on the road today. I did something I've never done before. I, I called a herber. You called an herber? Yeah, the herber. The uh, people pick you up there and give you great service, which I just got. Yes, I recommend herber. Oh my God, I'm all done with city taxi. Sorry, but everybody's listening. But I had a city taxi today. I won't say what color it was, but it never showed up. Yellow. Waited half an hour. Ninety-nine percent of the time, they give me great service, but today. I said, I'm fed up. You know, I've waited half an hour, and I wanted to get home and take a nap. Taxis are uh, too much, is it? Uh, taxis are generally awful. Uh, you're much better off with Herber. So I'm all, I'm all. Uh, it's one of these days. Maybe I'll bump into Herberloo. 
because he works for the Herber now. Herber Lou, he works for the Herber. He's an Herber. Yeah, he's Herberless. big friends with Peter White. There, have you ever met that guy? He's a real nice guy. Yes, uh, I have met Peter White. He is uh, quite uh, quite wonderful. Well, anyways, I'm over here. I'm over here for Tello, so I'll let you know what happens when when I'm uh, when I'm on the radio on Mondays. A tease. Okay. So when the every big fifth anniversary, we can talk about what happened to Fratellos. All I can tell you right now is like a great service from the uh, Herber. And I'm looking forward to calling it tonight and going home with it. Wow, you're going to go home with the Herber. Yeah, well, not never literally, but take me to the door. Yeah, he opened the door and everything. Great service, though. Do they give you some herb for the trip? I gave him a nice three dollar tip too. So that's a great service. Wow, three dollar tip for the Herber. Normally, like six bucks to take the cab here. Uh-huh. It cost me like eight bucks, so a couple dollars more, and I get there. I get there in like seven minutes. Wow, seven minutes like of like a herb. whole new world, Matt Connor and Unleashed. Right? Did you just call me Matt Connor. Why did I do this ten years ago? Where, where was my head? You know? I don't know. Was there Herber? I'm just hearing about it for the first time. This Herber was there Herber uh, ten years They've ago? They've been around for a couple of years, I think, but they weren't around couple ten years. years ago, obviously. No. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, uh, the. Uh, that's my Herber. story today, and uh, right. I'll let you know more when I see you on Monday. Oh, very! I I can't wait. Uh, Easy G, cannot wait. Yeah, I bet you can't. Oh boy! <laughs> All right, so as far as let everybody know, Dad, take an Herber. That's the way to go these days. Take Forget an Herber. Oh my God! Yeah, how do you spell that? Is it E R B E R? Herber. I think it's U B E R. You just. Oh. Yell it into your phone. And you get the app going. And is yell. I practiced it all afternoon because I, I didn't. I really know how to do that before. So it's something brand new for me. Just yell it into your phone, and an Herber will arrive. Right. Is that what you're saying? Wow, that's remarkable. I'm not exactly the most uh, uh, fast on the, on the phone, so uh-huh. I, I, I practice all afternoon on how to get there. Are you sure it's not Herber? All right, well, I'll let you go. I'm going to head into the restaurant. No, no uh, radio is allowed in the restaurant, obviously. So obviously, we'll talk to you on Monday. All right, bye bye. Uh, all right, that was our friend Easy G. His first experience with Herber, or maybe it was maybe he was saying Herber. You know, some people don't pronounce the H. Apparently, you just yell it into your phone, and it appears. Wow, that's exciting. 603-250-6007 is the number, 603-250-6007. Um, so I, a lot of, uh, I see some new folks in the uh, Facebook live chat. We'll, uh, we'll say hello to them in a moment, but so... Apparently with Chernobyl, what has happened now is today, um, the Russians uh, are in the process of withdrawing from Chernobyl. And uh, they've decided, uh, I guess, uh, you know, we don't want this after all. Now, the thing about this is what what, uh, seemed to be happening here. Actually, I have the article here from uh, CNBC. So this is a win. First of all, let's not gloss over this. This is a win for the Ukrainians. Uh, Every time the Ukrainians are able to reclaim something and drive the Russians out, that's a win. So that's good. Uh, CNBC is reporting Russians hand control of Chernobyl nuclear power plant back to Ukraine, the IAEA says, which, of course, is the International Atomic Energy Agency, the IAEA. Uh, Some uh, bullet points from the article, Russian troops that took over the Chernobyl nuclear power plant have transferred control back to Ukraine. Uh, the IAEA said those Russian troops moved two convoys toward Kremlin-allied Belarus, while a third convoy left the nearby city of Slavutich, Slavutik, 
I'm sure I'm not saying that correctly, also toward Belarus. Uh, the agency added that it, quote, has not been able to confirm reports of Russian forces receiving high doses of radiation while being in the Chernobyl exclusion zone, unquote. And that is, by the way, what I was trying to think of earlier, the exclusion zone. That is the term I was looking for, and I couldn't quite think of it. So that is the area around Chernobyl where you're not really supposed to hang out because you'll get radiation and you will get very sick and you will eventually die. So there are unconfirmed reports <laughs> that, and I, I shouldn't uh, perhaps chuckle because that's a, a, a terrible thing, but th there are unconfirmed reports that Russian military, uh, they were, uh, that were operating uh, around the uh, Chernobyl uh, reactors or what were the Chernobyl reactors in these uh, cement encasements and so forth, uh, that they were getting very sick, that they were getting sick from radiation. Um, now, I just, again, I, I don't mean to harp on the point, but it's just, it's kind of fun to harp on this point. The incompetence and the ineptitude of this entire Russian military operation doing very reckless things. This could have been avoided. There was no reason, I understand, with the other, the, the, the nuclear power plant that is fully operational, the very large plant that they seized, that they wanted to take control of, that I can understand, wanting to seize control of, a, of an active nuclear power plant. Again, the way they did it was reckless and stupid, attacking the nuclear power plant itself instead of doing something with a little more finesse and tactically speaking, but... Um, so the way they went about it was very dangerous, but I can understand why they would want to do that. Why they would want Chernobyl, I don't know. And I remember thinking at the time, isn't this a little foolish? Um, what if they break open that concrete and radiation comes out? They could contaminate the continent, right? But at the very least, aren't some of these Russian military personnel aren't they going to get sick if they're operating within the exclusion zone it's called the exclusion zone for a reason you're supposed to be excluded from it so you don't get sick and die now don't get me wrong i'm not it's not that i'm upset about russian soldiers uh dying i mean uh you know i've taken a clear side uh in this as i i think uh, most of us if not all of us have we're we're with the ukrainians the Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to amazon.com apply. That's amazon.com apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. So, but um, 
so, but I don't wish radiation sickness on anyone. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, I want Russian soldiers to be killed in combat by Ukrainians. I want them to be shot. I want them to be blown up. Uh, I don't want them to die of radiation sickness. So I want them to be killed by Ukrainians who are taking back their country. Um, but uh, what was the point of this? What was the point of putting these Russian uh, military in harm's way just so they can get sick and die? <laughs> it 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 just it's just mind boggling. I mean, Vladimir Putin. Look, when you think about Putin, and you think about this invasion and how he's gone about it, you know. I remember back in the day when we invaded uh, Iraq, when George W. Bush, a decision I disagreed with and in hindsight still do, but when W. said, we're going to invade Iraq, and people made fun of Saddam Hussein. They said he was inept. He was completely... Actually, people were making fun of him before that. They were making fun of him when we uh, when he invaded Kuwait. And uh, during the first Gulf War, an American military went in and kicked Iraq out of Kuwait. And it was pretty pretty quick, actually. Um, but, uh, people used to make fun of Saddam Hussein. He was, oh, he was incompetent. He didn't know what he was doing as a military leader. He, he was inept. Um, I mean, this guy, <laughs> Vladimir Putin, he makes Saddam Hussein look like General Grant. I mean, this is, I, I, it, it, it's almost hard to believe how any of this could have been done worse. And we're in week five of what, according to everything we've heard, this was supposed to be a 72-hour operation. Vladimir Putin thought this will be easy, roll in the tanks, and within three days we'll have taken the country. Uh, the Ukrainians, uh, if Ukrainian military puts up a fight, it will be easy to overcome and defeat them. Then that's it. We've got Ukraine. Roll the tanks back out. We're in week five of this. And it's just, it's, it's just, I mean, what have they done right? What have the Russians done right? <laughs> I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. It's an unmitigated disaster. And I take great joy in watching them fail, as I think we all do. And watching the Ukrainians continue to fight them off. Again, my, my, don't get me wrong, my heart breaks for the Ukrainians. And uh, watching entire cities reduced to rubble, and uh, it, it's it's horrible what has been done, what Putin has done to their country. But it's been really heartening and inspiring to watch them fight for their country on a level that no one could have possibly expected, least of all Vladimir Putin. You know, if he could go back in time and undo this, I have no doubt that he would. But this this, this Chernobyl thing is just wild. I mean, it was, uh, you know, why did the Russians go there to begin with? It made no sense unless unless somebody, and I say somebody because I don't know how much control, how much actual command and control Putin himself is exerting. As I, the, the, the other thing that is just mind-bending about this whole thing is we still don't know. We still don't know who is in, in control on the ground. We know who's in control back at the Kremlin, right? Putin's in control ultimately, but who's running the war for the Russians? They've, uh, I believe it's seven Russian generals have now been killed in combat. Russian generals, uh, well, generals are not supposed to die in combat. 
And, uh, you know, we don't know who, uh, you know, they don't seem to have a Norman Schwarzkopf or a General Patton, <laughs> right, on the ground running things. It's um, it's it's such a an, a spectacular failure on every level. But now they've uh, they've given up Chernobyl. They handed the keys back to the Ukrainians. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hi, Matt. It's Ron. Um, that's hey, kind of what I was just about to ask. I, I wanted to make a comment, but and also ask a question. And the comment was, um, it I, it is an incredible war that these people are fighting. And they're not giving up, and you know, like the Japanese, you know, they, they'll fight till the last piece of land is taken or whatever. And they also have unbelievable respect, as do uh, everyone, for their president. He yes. is not a backdoor kind of guy. Uh, he's right there, and then, you know, just wearing a T-shirt and, and then with his hair combed, and he's, mm-hmm. and he's fighting with, with them, per se. Yes. Um, you know, and that goes a long way, and everybody else, I think, knows that uh, or, or looks speaks highly of him for that. Mm-hmm. It's really put him in a, in a special place. But I wanted to ask, um, I know that the other day I heard that the Russians were going to um, make a compromise or something, and I haven't followed up on it, and that's what I was asking. Um, have they um, given up or... Or you know, or, or reach an agreement, or, or anything positive. Well, so there would seem to be some progress in that. I think they're meeting again tomorrow, and uh, th- so it sounds like, at least on on its face, that uh, Russian and Ukrainian negotiators are getting closer to some sort of a peace agreement. The problem is, though, nobody knows for sure if the Russians are serious about this or if they're actually acting in bad faith and this is all a ploy to just buy more time. Because while this is going on, this part of it, which again, on its face seems seems positive, and I'm all for them talking. I'm all for diplomacy. But while this is happening, the Russians seem to be um, redeploying and and perhaps taking on a new strategy and and shifting their troops back to the eastern half of Ukraine, maybe maybe that's going to be part of the negotiation, though, where they say, look, we'd like to split the country in two, kind of like Korea. You know, you've got North Korea and South Korea. Maybe they have East Ukraine and West Ukraine, like Germany used to be, where you had East and West Germany, and you've got, you know, the the East controlled by the Russians, and the West is autonomous, or something like that. But the thing is, you can't trust that the Russians are acting in good faith. It might all be a gambit just to buy time. We don't know, but but they've lied. They lie so much. The whole war started with a lie. Putin said, Lavrov said, they all said, we're not going to invade. No, you're all paranoid. You're jumping to conclusions. We're not going to invade. All these tanks and everything, they don't mean anything. We're not going to invade. And of course, the entire time they were planning to invade. You know, they've done things like setting up humanitarian corridors for refugees to be able to escape into Poland. And, okay, we're not going to we're not going to have any shooting in this corridor. And then they end up shooting a bunch of people who are trying to escape just war crime after war crime. So I don't know. So there's the potential there. And if Putin is getting accurate information, which we don't know if he is. Um, he might be looking to bargain because he might be looking for an off-ramp out of this mess, which is, again, he just looks like such a fool. 
uh, just completely inept and incompetent as a leader. Look what he's look what he's done to his own country. He took his own country's economy and flushed it down the toilet to invade a country that he can't seem to successfully invade. Um, so we'll we'll see, Ron. I am very very cautiously cautiously optimistic that that they're going to come up with some sort of an agreement, but it might all be a ploy by the Russians. We'll see. Hmm. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Ron. All right. That was our friend, Ron. And by the way, Ron, uh, the other thing Ron mentioned, and it's a great point, uh, referring to President Zelensky, Volodymyr uh, Zelensky, um, you know, he's just been an absolute hero, in my opinion, and I know in the eyes of many, um, you know, I mean, he, I, I think he achieved hero status the moment that, I mean, look, from the very beginning, he said he wasn't going to leave and he wasn't going to just let Putin roll in and roll over, roll over him, roll over the country, right, with the Russian military. But, I mean, really, I think what captured that was that moment when he was offered to be taken out of Ukraine and taken to safety, and then he would be effectively a president in exile, you know, trying to govern, trying to run the Ukrainian resistance from, you know, Poland or, or wherever he would be based in, based out of to keep him safe. And he said no, and he, he said, I need ammunition, not a ride. You know, he said, I'm going to stay in, uh, I'm going to stay in Kiev, the capital, which apparently the Russians are giving up on that now. It's fantastic. But, um, but I think that, you know, and I, by the way, and I know not everyone is on the Zelensky train. Uh, John Hopwood has expressed uh, both on the show and on social media, actually some almost, I don't know if disdain is, is quite the word, but he, he seems to very much deeply dislike uh President Zelensky, but but I but I I think uh, I'm not sure I even clearly understand why, but uh, but I'll I'll let him speak for himself on that, and I'm I'm sure you know hopefully before the week is out he'll make an appearance on the program, but um, I haven't seen him this week, which is unusual, but um, Zelensky by by uh, taking the posture that he has and by by not leaving Kiev and by not running but saying, no, I'm going to stand and fight, I think that has a lot to do, and that's why I'm glad Ron brought that up. I think that has a lot to do with why the Ukrainians have been so successful so far at fighting back the Russians. Um, I think if Ukraine had a president who said, no, you know what, I'm out of here, <laughs> I'll go I'll go be in Poland. I'm not going to abandon you, but I will be a president in exile and you know, uh I don't want anything to happen to me, so I'm going to I'm going to bail. Good luck. You know, I I I cannot imagine that uh I mean maybe maybe the Ukrainian people would fight just as hard. I don't know. Maybe they would maybe they would say, "All right, well, he abandoned us, but we're going to stay and fight. This is still our home." I don't know. But I really do believe that his strength of character, his determination, and his love for his country, uh, I believe uh, that has spread to the Ukrainian people. And um, think about where we are. Again, we're in week five of this, but think about where we are in terms of, you know, versus where we started, where at the beginning of this, it was a foregone conclusion. Okay, here comes Putin. He's rolling the tanks in. He's going to overcome the, you know, in other words, we all thought, 
that it was going to be probably about as easy as Vladimir Putin thought. 72 hours, he'll have the country. He'll have invaded Ukraine successfully. And, you know, after a week of this, it's like, oh, wow, it's um, the Ukrainians are putting up a fight. And uh, this is going to cost Putin. Yes, of course, the Russians will successfully have invaded Ukraine. They'll take the capital, all of it. But, you know, there's going to be some dead Russian soldiers along the way. This is going to be a little bit tougher for Putin. And then the week after that, it's like, wow, the Ukrainians are really putting up a fight. And I'm not so sure that the Russians are even going to be able to capture the capital, or even if they can capture it, um, they'll never be able to hold it. And Putin's going to end up being bogged down there for the next decade. It's going to be like, like the Soviet Union in Afghanistan, or like the United States in Afghanistan, for that matter, right? So this, this, uh, this isn't going well for the Russians. And look where we are now. Now, it looks like... Um, you know, as long as they have enough help, if, if Ukraine has enough help and enough of those drones that are able to take out these tank convoys, which is incredible. Um, you know, I mean, it looks like they might be able to successfully repel the Russians entirely over time out of Ukraine. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be overly optimistic and then disappointed, but... Uh, it, it, it really is incredible. Wow, it's already quarter of five almost. Um, 603-250-6007 is the number if you'd like to get in with a call. 603-250-6007. I want to put a button on this Chernobyl thing, and then I want to uh, uh, look at uh, some of these uh, comments in the Facebook live chat, and I see some new folks have entered. But uh, again, this is from CNBC.com. I'm just fascinated by this this uh, Chernobyl uh, situation. So it says here, Russian troops that took over the Chernobyl nuclear power plant last month have transferred control back to Ukraine, said the IAEA today. This happened today, citing information from Ukraine. Multiple convoys of Russian troops in the area have also moved back toward Kremlin-allied Belarus on Ukraine's northern border. The Russian forces, which had held the nuclear facility since February 24, quote, in writing, so it's official, in writing, returned control of the Chernobyl plant to Ukrainian personnel, the IAEA said in a press conference, in a press release rather today. The agency added that, quote, it has not been able to confirm reports of Russian forces receiving high doses of radiation while being in the Chernobyl exclusion zone, unquote. The IAEA said those Russian troops moved two convoys toward Belarus while a third convoy left the nearby city of Slavutich, I'm sure I'm not saying that correctly, where many of the nuclear plant's staff live also toward Belarus. The statement said, quote, in addition... Ukraine reported that there are still some Russian forces on the Chernobyl NPP site, but nuclear power plant, but presumed that those forces are preparing to leave, unquote. I bet they're, bet they're uh, in a big hurry to leave, <laughs> actually. U.S. intelligence appeared to back up Ukraine's information. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby said in a press briefing today, Actually, Jenny and I saw a little bit of this this afternoon. Quote, we have seen indications that some Russian forces are departing the Chernobyl plant facility. We gather that they are leaving to the north to go back again toward Belarus. But again, 
Indications are not completely clear at this time, unquote. So that uh, definitely another win um, for the Ukrainians. And Jenny just shared me an article related to this. This is about, again, uh, addressing the issue of radiation sickness, which, of course, will can and will lead uh, to many uh, for many of these people to other illnesses. Um, this is from Yahoo News. Russian troops suffer acute radiation sickness after digging Chernobyl trenches. Oh, how'd you love to have that job? No wonder some of them are committing mutiny. No wonder some of them don't want to take orders. Can you imagine being a Russian soldier and your commanding officer says to you, okay, so here we are. We're in this place that's contaminated with nuclear radiation. So obviously it's in the soil. So here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to start digging a trench. <laughs> I want you to be directly interacting. I mean, you'll have a shovel, of course, I presume, or, or maybe uh, maybe some sort of machinery, but you'll be interacting with this uh, contaminated soil full of nuclear radiation. Good luck, buddy. I mean, can you imagine? Might as well be digging a trench to throw yourself into it. <laughs> you know? That's, uh, it, it's unreal. Somebody thought this was a good idea. Somebody in the Russian military thought this was all a good idea. Uh, it says here, several hundred Russian soldiers were forced to hastily withdraw from the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in Ukraine after suffering acute radiation sickness from contaminated soil, according to Ukrainian officials. The troops who dug trenches in a contaminated red forest near the site of the worst nuclear disaster in history are now reportedly being treated in a special medical facility in Belarus. The forest is so named because thousands of pine trees turned red <laughs> during the 1986 nuclear disaster. The area is considered so highly toxic that not even highly specialized Chernobyl workers are allowed to enter the zone. Again. Knowing all of this, can you imagine being handed a shovel and saying, here, go dig a trench? I mean, did any, I, I wonder, did any of these uh, soldiers take the, the, the shovel and just, uh, you know, smack the guy in the head who handed it to him and say, no, no, uh, I'm, I'm done here. I'm going to go find some, I'm going to go find some nice Ukrainians to surrender to because I'm out. I'm out. You know, because by the way, this is, and we haven't gotten to it yet, but there's other stories about uh, morale among these Russian soldiers being uh, just rock bottom low. I think that for anyone, for any fighting force, morale would get pretty low when you're being told you have to go and dig a trench in soil full of nuclear radiation. <laughs> it may be the last mission you ever have. Because, you know, you're going to do that, and then you're going to get sick, and then you're going to die. And you won't have died in battle. You won't have died fighting Ukrainians. You'll have died from digging a trench in the ground. I mean, that can't be a great feel. I mean, of course it's not a great feeling physically, but... It's probably not that great of a feeling mentally and emotionally either. You know, 
standing there with a shovel, digging a trench, thinking, well, oh, this is how I die. This is how this is how I die fighting for my country, fighting in the Russian military. I'm going to die from digging a hole. <laughs> I would imagine this might have something to do, something to do. I mean, there's many factors, but this might have something to do with the, the morale issue in uh, in the Russian military. And again, for what? Like, what was the point of any of this? Anyway, uh, Energy Goatom, the, uh, I don't know if I said that right, Ener- 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 Energotom, the Ukrainian agency in charge of the country's nuclear power stations said the Russian soldiers had panicked and fled. <laughs> what, what, what a proud moment this is for Vladimir Putin, huh? <laughs> you got you got Russian soldiers panicking and fleeing because you're having them dig a trench in nuclear soil. Ooh, nuclear soil. That'd be a good name for a band. I'm thinking like an 80s speed metal band, nuclear soil. Uh, anyway, um, let's see. The agency said in a statement on Telegram, quote, It has been confirmed that the occupiers who seized the Chernobyl nuclear power plant and other facilities in the exclusion zone set off in two columns toward Ukraine's border with Belarus. The occupiers announced their intentions to leave the Chernobyl nuclear power plant this morning to the Ukrainian personnel of the station, uh, unquote, adding that a small number of Russians still remained at the facility. Wait a minute. Now, the way this is worded, This raises a question in my mind because, again, we're hearing more and more stories of mutiny among the Russians. These troops, these troops who decided, yeah, we're going to we're going to take off. Was someone in command, was someone in control here? In charge of these troops who said, I think we should leave or someone who said, I have an order from higher up the chain of command. They said we can leave. Or did they just all get together and decide to leave? Because on on their own, on their own, mutiny. No, we're not going to follow orders anymore. We're leaving. The reason I bring that up is because there's also stories, and maybe it mentions this further in this article. I don't know, but I have something else pulled up. There's also a story. This is, last I knew, unconfirmed. But there's a story of a riot, an actual riot breaking out at Chernobyl among the Russian troops. Now, why would a riot break out? Again, we don't even know if that story is true. I don't think that's been entirely confirmed and corroborated. But here's what I'm thinking. You got some Russian troops there who... You know they want they they're loyal. They don't want to question anything because they're you know they're in the military. They're there to do a job, and you know if if, if they uh, if they start disobeying orders, they're just going to get lined up and shot, right? So Putin's going to have them killed, certainly, if he ever even hears about it. If it gets that far, so it's pretty dangerous to to not follow orders, right? So you know. You've got Russian troops there who, of course, are going to continue to do exactly what they're told. But And then you've got this other group who are like, uh, yeah, no, this whole digging a trench thing in this uh, contaminated soil ain't working for me. And, uh, you know, yeah, if I disobey orders, 
I might be executed, but if I stay here and do this, I'm going to die slowly and painfully. So I'll take my chances and I'm going to leave who's with me. And then it turns out a whole bunch of people are with them and they all start leaving together. So I'd imagine you end up with two factions. I mean, it's, it's just remarkable to, to imagine, right? But I think this might be what happened. You had two factions. You had the faction of troops that said, let's stay, let's follow orders. And then you've got the other faction that says, screw you, we're out of here. <laughs> and they start fighting amongst each other. So if, if, if the riot story is true, that's how it's been described. A riot broke out among Russian troops. That's probably what happened. That's what I think probably happened. There was probably a disagreement about uh, should we stay or should we go? But I'm just wondering, so did these troops that, 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 that took off in two columns, did someone order them to do that or did they just on their own, you know, together, did they have a little meeting and say, I think we're, we're going to go. I think we should go. Uh, it says here, the agency said that it had also confirmed reports of Russian forces digging trenches in the Red Forest, quote, the most polluted in the entire exclusion zone. Not surprisingly, the occupiers received significant doses of radiation and panicked at the first sign of illness, and it showed up very quickly, unquote. Look, I don't know a lot about this, but I'm just going to assume, I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that once you've been exposed to nuclear radiation in the Red Forest, in the exclusion zone, where the worst nuclear disaster in the history of the world occurred, um, you're probably already dead in a sense, right? You're probably a dead man walking at that point. I'm going to assume, and again, I could be completely wrong. The just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning. And you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. I'm Frank, and I'm not a big fan of BJ's Wholesale Club super low gas prices. I don't trust things that low. Started in 92. Big office Christmas party. Come on, join the limbo line. Now I see a chiropractor. So, no, BJ's. I don't want super low gas prices. Okay, then. But if you'd like super low gas prices and a $40 digital BJ's gift card, join the new BJ's Wholesale Club. Opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com slash New Albany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. But I would assume that at the first sign of illness, that's the first sign of the beginning of your demise. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I'm, I don't mean to, I mean, it's terrible. I don't mean to laugh about it. The only reason I'm laughing is they're, uh, you know, it, it's it's the invading Russian army. So, you know, a little bit of uh, schadenfreude uh, comes into play. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what that says about me as a person. Probably nothing positive, but... Uh, local reports suggest that seven buses with the zapped troops arrived in Gommel, uh, which is a, in a city in Belarus, early Thursday. Journalists on the ground have also reported ghost buses of dead soldiers. Ghost buses, in quotes, of course. It's not Halloween. 
Ghost buses of dead soldiers being transported from Belarus to Russia under the cover of dark. Wow. U.S. intelligence reported yesterday that Russian forces began withdrawing from the defunct site. Russia said the withdrawal from Chernobyl was part of a pledge to scale back the invasion. But Ukrainian media says it is actually because the troops were irradiated from the contaminated soil. They had to have known, right, by the way? I mean, whoever's idea this was for these Russian troops to do that, they had to have known. There's no excuse for not knowing. Like, I don't know anything about how this works with radiation and soil and what's safe and what's not. I'm not even good at science. I don't know anything about any of this. And yet, I just somehow, I just know that this was a terrible idea and that this is what one would expect to happen. So they had to have known if I knew without knowing anything about how this works. And yet I was able to draw an obvious common sense conclusion that these people were being placed in terrible danger, digging these trenches. They had to have known whoever gave these orders had to have known. And again, for what, what did this accomplish other than a bunch of dead Russians? Uh, the Chernobyl facility fell to Russian control on February 24, the first day of the invasion. Workers were on duty for more than 600 hours before being allowed a shift change. Jesus, really? How do you? International concern grew immediately when Russian troops moved heavy military hardware through the area, kicking up radioactive dust without any protective equipment. This gets literally worse with every sentence. Forest fires in the area also raised concern about environmental contamination. Told you it gets worse with every sentence. It's, a, it's incredible. Digging trenches in the forest, considered the most contaminated area of the site, drew widespread ridicule from Ukrainians who work at the site. The debacle, well, this is a good way to cap off the article. The debacle is the latest in a series of missteps by the Russian troops struggling to keep their footing in their incre increasingly failed war. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's shocking. It, it's, I mean, who could have imagined when this began that, you know, you know what I think Putin's going to do? Now that he's decided he's made this terrible decision to invade, you know, I mean, if you're if you're watching this on the news or you're reading about it as, as the invasion is beginning, you know, go back five weeks. Let's go back in time. Right. Who would have thought in that moment as you're watching with horror as you realize that, yes, Vladimir Putin is, in fact, invading Ukraine, who would have ever thought, oh, you know what? You know what I bet he'll do? I bet he's going to go and attack Chernobyl. And in the process of doing so, he's going to be sending his own troops to their grave because he's going to put them in danger of being radiated 
because he's having them dig, dig ditches in contaminated soil for no apparent reason and accomplishing precisely nothing. I bet that's going to be one of the things Vladimir Putin does in this invasion. I mean, why wouldn't he? It just seems so obvious. <laughs> I mean, it's just stunning. I mean, look, I, uh, I've never uh, served in the military. I have no experience in foreign policy or in military strategy. Uh, I, I, I speak strictly as a layman, as an observer, and as someone who runs his mouth on a radio show. But based on this story alone, this Chernobyl debacle, I am going to make this declarative statement right here. I, having zero military experience, having zero governmental experience, having never served, never held office of any kind, uh, not, I don't even like war movies. I find them inherently depressing. I am probably... No, I know for a fact, I will declare this with absolute certainty, I am a smarter military strategist than Vladimir Putin. Yeah, I know. A bold statement, right? You might think, Matt, how can you say that? Vladimir Putin, he's been been running Russia for more than two decades. You've never even been in the military. I'll tell you how I know. Because if I were in charge of a war, I would not send my troops to go dig trenches around a nuclear power plant for no apparent reason, thus causing them to get sick and probably die soon. It would never even occur to me to do that. And therefore, that is how I know, I declare on this day, I would be a better military strategist than the president of Russia. That's right. That's right. Or at the very least, I'd have a lot more common sense. That's right. Anyway, let's get to these a uh, lot of Facebook uh, comments, and then I want to, uh, we need to get to a break. I got to open a window. It's um, <laughs> very warm in here today. Oh, Jenny shared another article. Oh, a couple more. Oh, I gotta I, I gotta look at this. I gotta look at this quickly because it's on what we were just talking about. Um, and then we might get to the other thing after, but this is from fortune.com. Chernobyl employees say Russian soldiers had no idea what the plant was and call their behavior suicidal. Wow. Yeah. It says here, weeks after Russian soldiers took over Chernobyl. Uh, in northern Ukraine, new reports reveal that the invading forces have engaged in a rec- in reckless behavior at the facility beyond their initial shelling of it. Um, I'm going to kind of skip down because some of this we already covered, but... Okay, it says here, while the Russian army has occupied the Chernobyl plant, Ukrainian workers remain stationed there and overseeing the site's safety protocols... Around 200 employees were still at Chernobyl as of March 7, according to the BBC, where they have continued carrying out duties despite limited food and medical supplies. Chernobyl workers are usually rotated out regularly, but since the Russian occupation, employees have had to endure dangerous weeks-long shifts. Two of the employees 
have reportedly witnessed instances of rash and dangerous conduct by the Russians, according to Reuters, with one source calling their behavior suicidal. Some soldiers had reportedly never heard about the disaster that some historians believe signaled the beginning of the end of the Soviet Union. So in other words, some of these soldiers probably had no idea they were digging trenches in contaminated soil. Shortly after the occupation started, Ukrainian officials warned that radiation levels at Chernobyl were rising due to a large number of heavy military machines disturbing the topsoil around the area. These reports have now been... Con Again, remember, it's an exclusion zone, which means none of this stuff is supposed to be going on there. <clears throat> These reports have now confirmed by employees working at Chernobyl around the time of the invasion who observed a big convoy of military vehicles driving straight through the zones, so contaminated with radiation that even trained safety workers at Chernobyl are not allowed to venture there. <laughs> Let's grab this. Uh, this is uh, Ron calling back. Hey, Ron. Matt, I'll be so fast. To say that they didn't know um, is kind of odd because they can read and uh, that type of, you know, area and all over the uh, Chernobyl, there are signs posted, I guarantee. So yeah. uh, to say they didn't know just, just doesn't make sense. Well, they may they may have assumed, though, that um, that whatever I mean, those signs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how explicit those signs necessarily are. And by the way, you know, these troops who are being sent there. Most of them probably weren't even born yet when Chernobyl happened. And I'm sure that it's not something that's really taught much in uh, Russian history because, you know, they like to uh, uh, manage the message and um, right. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure most actually now that I'm thinking about it, most of these troops probably had no idea about Chernobyl. And, yeah, you're right, though. I, I mean, it, it is a good point, Ron. You know, obviously going into that area, there are signs up that say, hey, keep out. Uh, being here will kill you. But, uh, yeah, it is it is a really good point. So I'm sure some of them had some sort of an inkling at some point about, hmm, yeah, I don't know uh, if we really should be here. It is a it is a really good point. Yeah. One more question, and I'll take it off the air. Yeah. If a person is contaminated uh, from radiation, as these people are, um, yes, you will die at some point, most likely. But are you um, capable of infecting those around you? Are you a walking radiation kind of thing? I don't know, uh, to be honest, Ron. I'm I'm not sure how that works. I I wouldn't right. I wouldn't think so, but I I don't know enough about it. I mean, I guess if it's on your clothes and if it's on your skin, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know enough yeah. about it, Ron. But uh, but it's it's a it's an excellent question. Okay, thanks for your time. All right, Ron. Anytime. Thank you. All right, that was our friend Ron. Yeah. So this um this uh, story, I'm just seeing. Like I said, a lot of this we already covered, but. Oh, it says here, too, since uh, being taken by Russian forces, Chernobyl has lost electrical power multiple times. Ukraine's electrical grid operator has said it could impair the plant's safety and containment protocols. Yeah, remember, I mean, part of the reason why the reason these people who are working there, uh, the reason they're working there is to keep the radiation from escaping. <laughs> That's why they've got a couple of hundred employees there who I assume are, you know, uh, able to stay safe uh just uh 
It's just crazy stuff. Just crazy. All right, I do want to look at these comments, and then we'll get to a break. We'll play a little something and show some love to our sponsors. Glenn R.J. Willette will be arriving uh, at some point in the second hour. Uh, let me see here. Um, there were comments about that specifically. Oh, Miriam Banish uh, joins us in the Facebook live chat. Hello, Miriam. Uh, also, Mike Pelopita joins us. Mike, of course, from Queen City Cabinetry in the historic Sunbeam Mall, named for General Sunbeam, the greatest military mind since sliced bread, who would not send his soldiers uh, into a contaminated area. Uh, Crystal is in the chat room and says, 1986, my senior year in high school, bad year for traumatic disasters, Chernobyl in April and Space Shuttle Challenger in January that year. Yep, yep, and I remember that vividly too, uh, the uh, Challenger exploding. Um, oh, people are very uh, curious about Erber. <laughs> of course, if, if you're just joining us and you missed EZG's call, you don't know what that uh, is about, but uh, let's see. Uh, Chris Rose from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts joins us in the Facebook live chat. Uh, Dirk Don, <laughs> uh, sort of uh, quoting me, uh, says, mm, yes, death, referring to my uh, uh, joy at uh, hearing about uh, Russian soldiers uh, dying in, in battle, of course. Um Some great stuff in here. Some of it's a little out of context now, but um, Crystal says, I was thinking about that too. Wouldn't doubt if Russian military wasn't lying to them and saying Chernobyl was now safe or something. Yeah, uh, that that makes sense, Crystal. That I, I would not be at all surprised about that either because Ron made a great point about, you know, there's probably signs posted, but yeah, the, the military, they probably did lie to the troops and say, yeah, it's it's safe now. The, those are old signs. Don't worry about it now. I mean, after all, it was 1986. Um, Crystal says the Russian troops are pretty young, born after the Chernobyl disaster. I wonder how much they were even taught on it, uh, if at all, or were they taught Russian misinformation on it? Probably the latter, Crystal, probably the latter. Tom Blanchard joins us in the chat room and says, I've heard reports that the Russians are uh, stealing cars to drive back to Russia. Oh, interesting. I hadn't heard that, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, Rocky says there are reports that Russia stole dirty bomb material from Chernobyl. Uh, so they um, so they got what they came for. It makes sense that they would withdraw now. I hadn't uh, I hadn't seen or heard that, Rocky, but that does make sense. Interesting. Uh, Dirk Don is challenging uh, my statement that I am, am a better military mind than Vladimir Putin. He says, BS, I challenge Matt to a match of Warhammer 40K, my place. Um, I, I, I am uh, only vaguely familiar with what that is. I, I, I think you would probably uh, destroy me at Warhammer, Dirk. I don't, uh, I've never actually played it. Uh, Crystal says, I think Putin had evil intentions for his capturing of Chernobyl. I think he was going to eventually release the radiation on the Ukrainians for further genocide until his evil plan backfired on his own troops. Well, I'm skeptical about that in one sense, Crystal, only because of uh, how dangerous that would be for if you begin intentionally releasing radiation. Um, yeah, you might kill some Ukrainians, but you also risk contaminating 
uh, potentially the entire continent of Europe. So that would be very, very dangerous. Having said that, um, it's, um, you know, uh, Putin has, has made such uh, terrible decisions already. And uh, I thought we were doing that next week, Len. Okay. Um, Putin has made such terrible decisions already that uh, I suppose it would not uh, surprise me that much. <laughs> Melanie in the chat room says, I never thought I would ever hear that sentence. Ron made a great point. Yes. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Well, listen, we are uh, at the top of the hour, so we're going to play. Uh, and then uh, we will show some love to our amazing sponsors. And then we will be. Oh, here it is. And then we will be back with our number two numero dos of. Glenn just walked in with a bunch of people and I didn't know that was happening and it's very distracting. Okay, here it is. Welcome back, everybody, as we cruise into our final segment today of Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. And, of course, you can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your Live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, etc., etc. Today is Thursday, March 31, 2022. I do want to remind you we are proudly sponsored by the Hopknot in the Brady Sullivan right across the street at 1000 Elm Street. And it is a Thursday, which means tonight is Trivia Night, hosted by the great Bill Cini. Uh, if you're going to be attending that, I suggest you reserve a table ahead of time because the spots do fill up very quickly. It is a popular feature there almost as popular as the delicious gourmet pretzels and the craft beer uh they have live music tomorrow night and saturday night they've got another gender blender event which is also a very popular feature there at the hop knot uh joining us at the news desk glenn rj will the people's mayor is here i want to wish you all i want to be the first to wish you all a uh april fool's day tomorrow well, that's tomorrow. Yeah, that's tomorrow. I won't be around tomorrow. I got to work. Ah, I see. <laughs> yes, yes. So I want to get ahead of the game. Of course, of course. Uh, if you'd like to get in on the show, 603-250-6007 is the number to call, 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to Matt at mattconnerton.com. And, of course, you can opine and interact in the Facebook live chat. But the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at 603 603- 2506007 and speaking of dulcet tones Glenn uh we'll uh we'll play this uh in a little bit you sent me a new song it's it's Asian but it's done in American okay it's, it's done in English I was going to say I don't think there's a the, the name is Demish Demish yeah and I can barely pronounce the last name but it took me four times to get it right on on the recording <laughs> uh-huh but I got it done 
Um, and it's a different voice. Uh, it's my, it's me, but it's a different, different kind of song. Wow. Diversify. Well, you know, you've got a lot of fans out there who uh, really love your vocal stylings. Uh, Jeff Nyan, uh, he was uh, commenting the other day in the chat room, big fan. He, Thank you very uh, much to he, all of you. Yeah, he, uh, he thinks uh, he thinks you're the next uh, Engelbert Humperdinck. Oh, I, think I don't he said. think so. But. I think that's what he said, or <laughs> something like that. That's nice. But. Yeah, yeah, or the next. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the, oh Andy Williams? That's yeah, what I was Andy thinking. Of. Williams, you kind of right look up. like him. You kind of look. Is really? he still alive, Andy Williams? No, he's not. Well, then uh, you're just in time to replace him. <laughs> very good. Well, so we'll hear that in a little bit. And uh, Glenn, and, and uh, next week, who are the uh, the guests uh, you're bringing in next week? Uh, I'll be bringing in about eight guests, and they'll be interacting two at a time. Uh, take turns. I I plan, on, and we're going to be making one phone call direct into Ukraine. Uh, we did that today, and uh, guess what? We were successful. The the Russians are uh, scrambling their sound. Well, I can't. I can't. I can't do that from here. I mean, they can. I, I when no. You- I'll do it from here. With the oh, phone. Okay. And we'll put it on like this. It works that way. They won't be able to hear me, though. No, but uh, yeah, I wish we could fix that, but we'll we'll make it work. Mm. We'll make it work. You can only, All you got to do is ask one question, and I can repeat it. Have them, uh, can you have them call us or have them Skype us? That would be I, better. I, you won't be able to use Skype because they they Russia has interfered with their all their equipment. You might be able to, uh, they might be able to call you. If we can call them, they can call you. So before, well, if, yeah, if they can call us, because yeah. I, I don't really want to do so the... Be, uh, so, so before we leave tonight, I leave tonight, give me that number that's here. Oh, well, I can give it out right now. It's 603-250-6007. All right. <laughs> you, used to have it you, can, you can write it down after the show. Just write it down after the show. Yes, yes. But that is our, that is our studio line. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do like a weird. Right. I, I try to do good radio, Glenn. It's a I real, uh, it's a real, real radio Same show. Same thing with TV. <laughs> and, uh, uh, oh, and uh, we had a segment for the younger people, younger generation. We had a sophomore who's sixteen, and a senior who's seventeen. And uh, Andy, my younger son, asked the the uh, the young two people, the next generation of leaders, uh, the question. It was fascinating. Um. By the way, uh, Rocky Huber in the chat room says Dirk Don loves Glenn's golden vocals. I didn't know that. Uh, Dirk Don's a big fan. Oh, Dirk says I don't remember commenting on Glenn's vocals. It was Char- it was Charles's singing that had me triggered. There you go. Yeah, I think you and Charles Richardson should uh, do a duet. You okay. Think? So who so who are these these people exactly though? They're 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 Ukrainians who now live in America. So they're and they, they have they're already citizens. Okay, so they um, they were already here when this yes. all happened. But the okay. ones we're going to have next week are people that have, are just arriving. But we have two no, ladies. That, that, that's that's what I meant. Yeah, we have two ladies. <laughs> we have two ladies that are here now. They've been here a couple of days, but they're still too traumatized to come to the public. By next week, they'll they'll be okay. I'm confused now. Okay, so who are you bringing on next week? Uh, the ones that you saw, and two people who are from Ukraine and had just arrived. But they're just still a little bit too terminalized. It's you know it's it's a lot to deal with. They were in the war the last month. So here's why I'm confused. So you're telling me about two people who are they're too they're from Ukraine and they just got here. They just landed in America but they're two too, days ago. But they're too traumatized to talk about it. They are right now. They need to settle down. So then why would they be coming here? Because they'll be okay next week. 
How do you know? I know that. <laughs> Trust me. Okay. I've dealt with, with okay. that before, okay? All right. Trust me. All right. So I, next week they'll be fine. They'll be fine. I okay. All right. Well, as long as you have it organized in your head. Hey, it was very well organized today. We actually had nine people on the set. We're only allowed five, and it went smooth. Well, I, okay, I understand. But like I was telling you off off air, you know, we only have we have limited mics. I so understand. That. I'm going to trust you. I will take care of it. With, when, you're when, gonna you're gonna have to be you're gonna have to yes. you're gonna have to be directing traffic. Is we, what I'm saying. We meet on Tuesday night to do our plan for the two shows, and I will make sure that they understand. And I will. The just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Why should you visit Kings Island? Do it because less time planning means more time for this. Do it to take a one-day family vacation. Do it to catch a serious case of the giggles together. And of course, do it to eat a funnel cake the size of your face. Because here at Kings Island, doing something just for the fun of it is all the reason you need. Right now, everyone pays kids' price. Kings Island tickets just $45 online. It's already going to be done on paper. You'll have a copy of it, so it'll go, it goes smoothly. By the paper I gave you, that was the show. By having that, it goes very smoothly. Um, See how well organized it was? Okay, but I'm not, I'm not talking about... Uh, uh, You're talking about two mics. I understand that. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying to you is... I you just only have two people at a time sitting on the Only couch. two people at a time I understand on the couch. That. Not a problem. And you're at the news desk. Yeah. But they, you're going to, uh, but I'm going to trust you to play traffic cop. I will. I will. And you, you say, okay, time for you to go and yeah. time for you to go yeah. sit. I'm going to, that's going to have to be your responsibility. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure. Not a problem. Okay, good. <laughs> Very good. That's how it was today. I assume these folks are vaccinated. Yes, they're all vaccinated. Good. All right. Just making sure. They're all the ones that were on today, even even the two that are coming on next week who are from Ukraine just got here. They are also vaccinated. Excellent. You can't come into the States without doing that anyway anymore. Right. As it should be. Yes, I agree. I agree. Very good. Very good. Um six oh three two five oh six oh seven is the number. Six oh three two five oh six oh oh seven. So I'm, what I mean, obviously we'll we'll get into it with them uh, next week. But I mean, can you tell me kind of what is the vibe among the, um, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you talked about the two people who are traumatized who just got here, but but the 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 people, the Ukrainians who are already here, who are who are citizens Citizen. here, I mean, wh- what was kind of their? I mean, obviously they don't all think the same thing, but mm-hmm. can you tell me from talking with them what was kind of the overall vibe? Are they? I mean, I'm sure they're upset, but are they are they optimistic? Are they pessimistic? Are they the lady said that if they could go to Ukraine to fight, they would. Yeah. Now, the one of the ladies that, that was there is Liana. She's uh, uh, from Ukraine. She just came back last week. She spent a month there uh, to help them out, but she couldn't go to Ukraine. They wouldn't let her in, so she ended up operated out of Romania, which has a border with them. She's an attorney in Ukraine. 
She's an attorney in, 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 in Romania, and she's just next week is passing her bar for the U.S. of A. Yeah. So these are very well-educated people. Yeah. And even the kids, they, their question was, tell us what you would have done different. And they were great. Yeah. They are our next leaders. But it must be, God. For, it's traumatizing even for them because it's, it, ha- it has they, to be. They, yeah. still have, they still have relatives. Some of them have their parents are still there. Their grandparents are still there. Have they all been here a long time? Uh, most of them have been here between 6 to 12 years. Okay. Yeah, but they, they probably all still have family back there. Yes, they do, and they, God, they, they speak be... very perfect English. They, they actually speak three fluent languages, Ukrainian, Russia, and English. Wow. Because if you live in, if you live in Ukraine, it's, it's, half the people are Russians and half the people are, are, are Ukrainian, so they marry in, intertwined, so they, they know the languages very well. I was, I was, next week we're going to have someone I thought I needed uh, who speaks 70% only Russian, and I said, I'm going to need to look for an, an interpreter. And they all said, you don't have to. We all speak it. Yeah, I was um, actually surprised to learn recently that I, I I guess I had always just kind of assumed, and maybe I had this thought in my mind because obviously Ukraine was part of the you know the Soviet Union some three hundred years ago. But I just assumed that. I guess what I'm saying is I didn't know that Ukrainians had their own language. I just assumed they, that they spoke Russian or some variation of Russian. And I didn't know until recently that it's actually very different, and it's not—it's not a given that if you speak one, that you can speak the other, that's right. or or even mm-hmm. understand the other. And I—I I didn't know that. And apparently, too, that's one of the things that the Russians are. Um, I mean, we don't know a lot of details about what they've been demanding exactly in these talks, these ongoing talks that they've been having. But um, one of the things that the Russians allegedly have demanded is. They want Russian to be the official national language yeah. of Ukraine. First of all, he's changed his mind already. He knows he can't win the war, so he's already negotiating in Turkey. Well, they are, his team, and their new demands are they want to take half the country, split the country in half. Russia will own half, and Ukraine will be independent on the other half. It's not going to happen. They're not going to allow that. Yeah, it would be like a North Korea, South yeah, Korea, yeah, or, yeah. or East and West it's, Germany. I, I, I gave the example— if you invade in my house and I have you arrested because it's illegal to invade my house and it goes to court and you tell the judge, I still want half his house. And they're going to say, no, you can't. You can't go into his house and just take it without a reason. And it's the same thing here. They were invaded and, the, and they're not the ones. Ukrainians are not the one that forced this thing. They didn't ask for this. They were living in peace. They were invaded. So they, they and even the two children, the, the young adults, the, the teenagers said, if we were the leaders today, we would make sure we negotiate that the three parts they took, the uh, peninsula, which is... Um, oh, Crimea. Crimea, and the other two territories, like regions, they want them back. That was not theirs to take. They stole them. See, I think that I, I can see a scenario where Ukraine gives up Crimea. I don't see that. We, they, they, because they, and, and they agree with me. They're not, they're not, not seeing that. They want their land back. The reason I say that... Enough is enough. The reason I say that is because the Russians have, I mean, effectively annexed it in 2014. So it would be a matter of letting them them have it on, making it official, letting them have it on paper. It is annexed by the Russians, but it's not recognized by the world. I understand. And I'm not, and it doesn't, 
So and, and and his army is very weak, as we can see now. Well, yes. I mean, they went from eight miles away from Kiev, the state capital, to the biggest city in in Ukraine of uh, I think it's four million people. Uh, anyway, and and they they've gone from eight miles close. And now they're 35 miles away. They're being pushed back. Today, yeah. a big part of the war got solved because the first thing that the Russians took when they came to U- to Ukraine was Chernobyl. And they threatened someday they could use it as a weapon. Today, it was taken back over by the Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. And Ukraine has a, a, a relatively large army, but a lot smaller than Russia does. But the, even the Russians, they're, some of them are sabotaging their own tanks and blowing in their own tanks. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're not being fed uh, by the Russians, by, 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 by the government. They don't have enough gas to run their equipment to begin with. This was not well planned. It's, 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 I'm sorry. I think the, 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 the world is surprised that a first world country with so many bombs and all that stuff, and they can't even fight a war on the ground. Yeah. It's uh- not what we anticipated, but now we know. In fact... Uh, they're they're being they're being told that in the next within the next year they're going to go from the eleventh GDP of the world to twenty. Oh yeah, I mean you know it it, it took about five days for and they're going to become for, a third world country for Putin to take the uh, you know just generations decades of growth and and building that economy it just destroyed took it. about took about five days for him to just flush it yeah, down the toilet thirty I mean, years that they built the Russian economy and he destroyed it in less than a month. By the way, Rocky Huber in the chat room says, I think someone invaded Ven's, uh, invaded Glenn's vocal cords for him to have the voice of an angel. <laughs> no, it's my vocal cords. I can do what I want with it. In fact, this next song you're going to listen to tonight, you'll say, oh, that is totally different. Oh, You would never have expected me to do that song. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, this is, uh, while we're talking about, uh, the peace talks. So the guardian has a story up, uh, peace talks are going to resume tomorrow. Uh, Kiev and its allies suggest the Kremlin may merely be playing for time to allow military forces to regroup. They are in, <coughs> uh, in fact, back in spirit for a second, the people that were there from Ukraine who are now Americans made it very clear that they do not trust and that's exactly what he's doing and the people yeah. in Ukraine know it. So they're not they're not relying on the negotiations at all. Right, right. Yeah, it says here, peace negotiations between Moscow and Kiev will resume uh, tomorrow. Uh, a senior Ukrainian official said, amid mounting Western skepticism about Russia's intentions in the talks more than five weeks into the invasion of Ukraine, a Ukrainian negotiator said today that talks would continue by video, focusing on the peace framework the Ukrainian side presented during a face-to-face meeting uh, in Istanbul, Turkey, this week that Moscow described as constructive. And uh, you got a phone call, Ron. Yeah, one quick question and one quick comment. Yes, Glenn, I liked it the other day when you saying Hank Williams. I think you did a great job. And my question, Matt, is. Um, is Russian going Russia going at this solely on their own, or is there anybody um, helping them with um, uh, weapons or, or money or anything like that? Um, China is trying, that, that trying gonna, to do that. that. I, I guess that's it. Are, that, they, that's are it. they funding this and, and taking care of it all on their own, or is there anybody backing them? 
Well, I think they're largely alone. I, yeah. I don't. I don't think. I mean, you know, Putin. Sure. Putin went hat in hand to uh, yeah. Xi Jinping for some help, but I don't think he's getting yeah. any. Xi Jinping doesn't have money. They're supported. The, 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 their lives are supported by China. Yeah, the, the but chi- China. The Chinese government or the Chinese president had discussed helping him. He's changing his mind because he doesn't want to have the same sex sanctions. And it was told in one of his news conferences this this week that he does not want to see his economy fail because he sells a lot of stuff to America. Everything's made in China. And he knows that. Yes. Okay. All right, Ron. Thank you for the call, my friend. Yeah, that's it. Thanks. All right, all right you You're got welcome. it. Bye-bye. Thanks again. Yep. Um... Yeah, it says here, uh, Russian uh, foreign minister, uh, the Russian foreign ministry rather said Moscow would not refuse a separate meeting between the foreign minister Sergei Lavrov and the and his uh, Ukrainian uh, counterpart Dmitro Kuliba, Kuliba mm-hmm. uh, providing the talks between them were substantive. Uh, Kiev right. and its allies have cast doubts, however, on Russia's commitment to talks noting that there had been no real sign of partial military pullback in northern Ukraine it had promised as a goodwill gesture and suggesting the Kremlin may be playing for time. It seems to me, though, that's a a risky strategy for the Russians because on a grand scale, they can only really make that play once. And what I mean by that is once they've, um, you know, if they they draw this out and they uh, appear to be close to some sort of agreement, some sort of a settlement, and then, you know, in the end, they just say, oh, psych, we're just going to keep going with this. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually, I mean, it it does seem to me that this is unsustainable for well, the Russians. Three days ago, the president of Ukraine sent a letter through one of the oligarchs of Russia. Oligarchs. Oligarchs. Yep. And it was delivered to Putin. And the response was a big laugh and, and says, well, I'll meet with him. That There's no guarantee he's going to leave the country which means he wants to meet with him in Russia. It's not going to happen. He's not going to go to Russia to meet with Putin. Why would you when you're already right. being told you're not leaving? Yeah. And we know their tactics. So they already have put together a, a, a manpower, of Russia does, of a thousand people. They call themselves uh, an elite spy unit. And they're going to try to kill the president of Ukraine. He's either poisoning him or getting him. So uh, that's how Russia operates. Well, Putin likes to poison his enemies. He does. So, yeah, that's uh, what they would probably do. do you is also know him. that the uh, a lot of the generals have already picked a successor uh, for him, and they are thinking of finding a way to poison him, Putin himself. So it's funny how the world goes around. Remember, these oligarchs are losing their shirts. These are billionaires that are losing their shirts because of Putin. Yeah, they've had enough. Well, hopefully. You know his big ship that they didn't know it was his because there was no proof? Well, somebody boarded it this week, and the crew admitted that they're only working for Putin. So it is his ship. So oh, I didn't realize that. It's, it's going to be taken before the week is over. You're, talk, you're talking about that, uh, that, that, that yacht? $700 million or billion, uh, $700 million ship, yeah, the yacht. So we do know now that that, that belongs that to That belongs Putin? to him, and once, we, once they found that out, and now they're going after it. They know where it is. He's trying to move it back and forth, and it's going to be taken. Yes. Well, good. And that will blow his mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's already blown anyway. 
Well, let's uh, let's have our minds blown by your uh, your incredible vocals, Glenn R. J. Willett. I want to I don't want to wait until the end of the show because sometimes we run out of time and I want to mm-hmm. hear the whole thing. Now, what is this uh, called again? Oh, it's a big surprise. Listen to it; it'll tell you. The I have an introduction for you. Got a phone call? Oh, we have a call. Yes, we'll uh, grab, take, yeah, we'll grab this first. Yeah. Oh, nobody there. Uh-huh. Never mind. All uh-huh. right. I guess they decided they uh, can't wait to hear your dulcet tones. So, all right, we'll try again here. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Matt, I'll make it so fast because I promise I, I, I hate doing it to you. But I just watched something on on um, North Korea the other day that was wicked good. And it was about um, North Korean president wanted to get rid of one of his relatives. I think it was brother-in-law or something like that. And to do it, he hired a, a group, a host of people to make an elaborate scheme that were – they knew um, there were so many people involved that the, the 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 people that didn't know were two young girls, and they were appro- the two young girls were approached by someone that was claiming to be part of like a TV game where they spoof poop spoof people, and they were paid to uh, like put shaving cream on someone and do a couple of different things, and they did it several times and they were paid, and then on another day. They were told, we want you to do it again. And this time it was in an airport. And they said, see that guy over there? We want you to take this particular cream material, whatever it was, and go rub it on his face. And they had no clue what it was. It was a, it was, it was a chemical agent. Yeah. They did it. And um, North Korea's president's relative died shortly afterwards. These two girls were brought to, to, to uh, court and, and found guilty, and they spent two years in jail before they were released. And uh, if anybody's ever seen it, you know, and my whole point to all of this is, yeah, he could he could have that um, the president taken out, just like Glenn said, in the most um, obscure way, things that you wouldn't even notice. You and, give uh, no piece if you haven't started on the two girls, like, yeah, I can't repeat it in, in two minutes, but if you ever look it up and see it, it's, wow, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's not what I said. I said it, it, we're giving him. He's, they're going to give him a piece of his own medicine because he poisons yeah. other people. He has to right, but, but but there's creative ways to go about poisoning they someone, are. and I, I think I think that's what uh, that's the example yeah. Ron was he, using. He, yeah. he doesn't even trust. That was his, that was my point. The creative that, that ways. It's yeah. a good point. He doesn't even trust his own chef anymore. Uh, that's right. Well, can't blame him. Thanks, guys. All right, Ron. Thanks You're for the welcome. call. Yeah, apparently when the Ukrainians this last time when they met with the Russians uh, in person, they were uh, they they were careful not to touch anything. They didn't shake hands because you know they yeah. don't, they don't want to be uh, poisoned. Yeah. All right, let's uh, listen to this. Here it is: the vocal stylings of Glenn R. J. Willett. A duet. Ooh, a duet. Wow. I don't. A Danish Kadabergin arrangement. The song, if I could never read again. A duet with Yanish Kadabergin and Glenadja Ouellette of Little Archbound Global. Enjoy if I never breathe again. If I could stop the world from turning You should know that I try 
Very nice. Was that different? Uh, that was. That's uh, wow. If if I never breathe again, is that the name of the song? That was the name of the song. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. And who was the? Uh, who are you duetting with uh, on that? Dimish Degarbagin. Uh, it's hard to pronounce. Dimish Degarbagin. No, no. Debagagin. Debagagin. It's, it's, it's Asian. I don't speak Asian. 
the Mr. But the Barge of Bin. You, you, you can hear him in the background. Yeah, yes. Wow, very nice. Very nice. Is that, uh, I, I think it's great that you're expanding into the Asian market. You're funny. My tones were different this time, were they not? Ah, uh, different tones. That's exactly what I was thinking. Diversity. You got uh, a phone call. Yes, we do. Oh, it's uh, it's our friend Paulie C on the line. What's mm. up, Paul? Who's Paulie C? Oh, I don't know. That's not Paulie C. Who is this? No, it's Polly C. Oh, I thought it was. <laughs> you know, but just in, but just in case, you know, yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah. So, listen, uh, Glenn, if I may, yeah. I got to tell you, I'm one of your biggest fans. You know that. You know that. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the uh, echo does your voice absolutely no justice. Okay. You have a beautiful voice, where you you can hold a melody like a lot of people can't. Um, fa a lot of famous singers sa share that talent, and when you guise it with a with a with an echo, it's just it's like I don't know. It's not doing it any justice. You don't need to enhance your voice. It's good enough. Good to hear. Thank you. Okay, I agree. I mean that echo uh, again. I'm your fan, but when you put an echo, it it gave me a great idea. First of all, it sounded like you were singing from a restroom. So if you were to ever <laughs> If some law was ever to pass where the restrooms on Elm Street were reopened because of your efforts, I could see you doing like a ribbon cutting ceremony and singing that song live in those toilets, um, <laughs> like as the opening song. And Actually, it would be perfect because isn't it, so, isn't it called like the last air I breathe or something like whatever it's called. I will never breathe again. Actually, uh, I will Paul, never breathe again. That would be perfect. Actually, for that uh, Paul, on that thought, uh, virtual Glenn uh, has something to say about that. Uh, uh, let's see what he. Uh, oh, please. Those yes, bathrooms. I'd like to hear from virtual Glenn. My oh, ordinance are supposed to be open during every event. Oh, and he has something else to the add. The bathrooms will be open. Oh, there you go. Well, they're not. <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, anyway, yes, uh, virtual Glenn uh, chiming in. Uh, but uh, very good. Well, uh, so uh, what do you think of Paul's advice? Uh, I think I'm, gonna, I'm going to subtract a lot of that echo. All unless right, it's good. required. You, yeah, unless you it's, absolutely unless it's do. You, you don't need any of it, Glenn. Yeah. When you, I don't know if you've played back our show, but when you were singing in there, I mean, of course, everything could use a little tweaking with a live performance, even professional live performances. But... What what you were working with was fantastic. You have a great singing voice. Don't mask it behind something that a lot of other people need to do in order to sound better. All right. Thank you for that advice. I think that is excellent advice. All right, Paul, we are out of time. We have to go, my friend, but I will see you tomorrow night for Retro Spectrum Radio. Yes, we're playing songs about fools. Oh. Excellent. April Fool's Day, yes. Yeah. All right, Paul, sense. I'll see you tomorrow night. All right. Have a good night. All right, you too. Bye-bye. All right, that was Paul E.C. Glenn, thank you so much. And uh, thank you to everybody who joined us today. We are out of time, but uh, if you miss any part of today's show, it'll be up in just a little bit at WMNHradio.org and at my website, mattconnerton.com. And that's it for us for now. I'll talk at you all a little bit later. Bye, everybody. <gasps> Only one sale away from the Shopify 1000 Club. Is that a thing? Wow, Mom, have a cookie. I'll take one. <laughs> Dad. These are delicious. You need to sell them. 
Mm-hmm, you should. Mom! No, seriously. Let's set you up on Shopify. It's easy. I always knew you would build your own business. Guys! Yum. Yum. Okay, if mom can do it, then why not? Number 1,000! Start selling today with Shopify for free. Sell online, in person, and anywhere else your future holds. And manage it all from a single place. No design or coding experience necessary. It's why every minute of every day, something amazing happens. A new seller makes their first sale with Shopify. Plus, with on-demand business courses and 24-7 support, Shopify is with you every step of the way. So, when you're ready to bring your idea to life, build it on Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of ideas around the world. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free 14-day trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Go to shopify.com slash free 22 and start selling today. Shopify.com slash free 22.